0: Welcome to Caritas Christi, a real and raw podcast with real women and real faith, where we apply the feminine genius to look at the current events of this world, our faith lives, and other things that are relevant to young Catholic women today. Thank you for joining
1: us. Happy Thursday. Hi, this is Mary. And this is Hannah. Welcome
0: to Caritas Christi. And we'll begin by praying. In nomine Patri et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tuum loirebus, et benedictus fructus vencis tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora nobis peccatoribus, nunc in mortis nostrae. Amen. nomine Patre, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto. Amen. And our inspirational quote comes from 1 Corinthians 10:13 no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man god is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your strength but with the temptation will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it
1: Whew. <laughs> that's good what's that where's that from
0: 1 corinthians 10 13
1: mm. yep good stuff so welcome kathy <laughs>
2: Thank you for having me. I'm honored.
1: (laughs) So why did you, when we asked what's your favorite quote or scripture, why, what's... That one. Yeah, no, I know, I know, (laughs) I know, I know. Where did it come from? Um, Or like, why is it favorite
2: to you? I think it appealed to me and it really touched me years and years ago because raising kids is not easy and the culture um, made it even less easy and there was a lot of whining at God that went on and I think that... (laughs) In my head. And I think that verse reminded me that there's nothing happening in your life that hasn't happened before to other people and that God is not aware of. And that He is faithful to everything, just like it says, and is gonna show you what you need in that moment. So yeah.
1: that's cool. Yes. So um see i've known you i don't even know i've known you as long as i've known your daughter probably
2: i have no idea
1: yeah (laughs) i think i got to really know you four or
2: five years maybe three
1: maybe three well i really got to know you when we started when um when carly started getting ready for her marriage wedding yeah Mm -hmm. so um but yeah you want to tell us a little bit about yourself
2: Well, um, I am married to a wonderful man, Jim, for almost 42 years now. We have eight children, three of whom are in the Lord's hands, and five of whom are adults at this point, um, ranging from age 37 down to almost 22. So uh, we've got... Let me think about this grandkid, number 15 on the way mm-hmm. and, uh, very busy. <laughs> Wait, yes.
1: how many does Julie have now?
2: Um, our one daughter is expecting number 12. She has four who are with the Lord. So mm-hmm. this will make number eight living.
1: I gotta tell you, she does it with grace too. <laughs>
2: I am <laughs> impressed because I would have lost my mind, I think, especially <laughs> since she has one lone female child and the rest are boys, and they're oh about a year apart. Wow. And um, it's like a kennel full of puppies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the... Her boys are all all your grandsons. They're all all, boy. They're all boy. Boy boys. Yeah. There
2: is a difference. Yes. Uh, I hope you people listening know that there is a difference, and it's genetic, and it's the way God wired them up. God bless them, but (laughs) it it can be. It can be. Exciting!
1: So. <laughs> I'm sure you love it. The kid, you know, the grandkids are always coming up oh, to yeah. visit you. Yeah, you know. uh, we
2: love our grandkids. We love it when they go home. It gets really quiet, <laughs> but um, we do love having them around and playing with them and teaching them stuff. Probably things their parents would rather we didn't. Sometimes, but <laughs> that's what grandparents are for. Yes. So.
1: Yeah. So you have a lot of before we get into like the actual like questions. Um, you have a lot of like fun things. You teach archery, right?
2: Um, I actually teach a number of shooting sports for okay. 4-H um, in a shooting sports capacity. And then I also teach adults how to teach the kids um, a specific program of shooting sports because it's very consistent. Um, I'm also a USA Archery Level 2 instructor, which means... Um, that's the program that funnels youth into the Olympics. Oh, wow. And I can teach other adults how to teach the youth, um on a very basic level. Mm. And then I can also teach the basic level. So anyway, <laughs> keep busy with that and uh, You like very involved with pro life stuff and mm-hmm. our parish and um Gardening gardening, and hunting and bicycling and I don't know, whatever, yeah. whatever turns up that's interesting.
1: Well, I always know you're always, every summer your hands are like, you're like up to your eyeballs in vegetables.
2: Yes. All the time. And dirt. Yeah. I, my nails are perpetually black in the summer. It's kind of a nice shade of black.
1: <laughs> Y'all, she bikes... She does not, she bikes to church, morning church, and it's at 8 a.m. every or morning, daily mass. And it's a, how many miles is it of us It's bike ride? 13. 13 miles every morning. Yeah, it's a so lovely ride. Then her, not her,
2: today. Not this kind of weather. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Musical. then
1: her, her, her dear husband will come and pick her up so she gets a ride home. <laughs> yes.
2: I don't have time to spend both directions, but uh, <laughs> since he goes to mass too, since mm-hmm. he's retired, he, I just get a ride home. Mm-hmm. And we get to do morning prayer in the car. So that's nice.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Ohio is not flat. Well, at least this part of Ohio is not flat.
2: Yeah. so <laughs> There are parts that are very flat.
1: But she is a very, she's a, impressive. And you do it pretty much any weather except for really cold weather. Yes. Yeah? You do it rainy weather.
2: Mm, I I will as long as it's not dark and rainy. Because then you're yeah. a target. <laughs> yeah. I like being a target. <laughs> I like shooting a target. <laughs>
1: oh that's cool all right well can you what what i always forget what Are let's see oh oh it's rapid fire this is my this is my this, this oh is this your is a thing i know well can you bring okay there you go all right so this is supposed to be rapid fire style soul sing um so it's what types of the following make your soul sing okay all right got the got the gist, I of, got it. The gist of it all right so let's start with the first one so it's um so what type of types of food make your soul sing
2: uh, anything I don't have to cook. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty ambivalent. I like food. Mm-hmm. I like any experimenting with new foods. I like mm. old foods. I like comfort foods. I I, I just I'm not picky. <laughs> so.
1: Do you do you like the whole like um, garden to table kind of feel?
2: Yes, yeah. actually I do. I like I like working with whole foods and and foods that I know what went into them and where they came from. They just taste like real food. Mm-hmm. Instead of you know if you get a tomato, any of you people who have had a tomato out of a garden, you oh, know what I'm talking about. Oh, they're, the things they're, at the store, I don't think they're real tomatoes. Lettuce sure too, they, and lettuce. Lettuce yeah,
1: from so. the garden is so oh so
2: good compared to yep. from the store. So. Mm-hmm. fresh food I yeah. like i like salad stuff and that kind of mm-hmm. thing too and food that we got ourselves
1: mm-hmm. this is totally off this is totally away from rapid fire but <laughs> i'm just kind of like a um tangent um intentional tangent um do you think if people were eating like you know more garden to table that we would be more healthier absolutely yeah we wouldn't have all this like struggle with you know like viruses um, and whatnot because it's natural not medicine, not as much
2: because it's it's fresh. Which once food starts to break down, there can be toxins that are released. There, there's less nutrition available
1: wow. as it breaks yeah.
2: down, and a lot of large uh, farm farm farming methods don't lend themselves well to even organic. Um, don't lend themselves well to producing super healthy food. When you know what's in it, you know what you're putting on it, you know, can't help but but be healthier. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
2: you appreciate it more because you grew it, you um harvested it you knew intimately every bug that you had to pick off of it <laughs> and worm and or the ones else. that you missed <laughs> yeah so and every chipmunk that's been noshing in your garden too so um it, there's something satisfying to the soul about growing and harvesting your own mm-hmm. food
1: mm-hmm. so yeah ah uh. I kind of missed out on it this past year, but you're making me... I'm like, I'm going to be resolved this year to get back into that. Um, all right. So I guess you kind of already did this one, but what types of hobbies make your soul sing,
2: Oh, I love swimming. If I could be a fish or a dolphin, <laughs> I would totally ask God for, like, uh, gills so I could stay underwater. Um, I, I like that feeling of freedom. I like just moving in the water and seeing the critters and things that live under there are fascinating um bicycling skiing backpacking anything outside where i'm moving mm-hmm. i i really enjoy but being in the water is probably the biggest yeah draw for me
1: i feel like if you could live on the beaches in florida you would do that Oh yeah! If you had the freedom, you would just oh, yeah. like camp out on there. I'd be a beach bum.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's why God did not move us to Florida because he knows that. Um, <laughs> that would not be good. Well,
1: convenient that you, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, so what types of devotions make your soul sing?
2: Um, adoration, um, having that alone time, quiet time to be introspective with christ in the eucharist and just being able to focus on him and love him and be there instead of i mean i still have to drag my brain back from a 100 different places but (laughs) um when you have that focus of christ right before you whether he's in the monstrance or a tabernacle um, i think that for me helps to keep my brain a little less scattered all over the place. So that's, that's gotta be probably my favorite one. And then, um, the rosary, you -hmm. can take it anywhere. You can say it anywhere. God gave you 10 fingers so you could say a rosary. Yes. Um, (laughs) And, and people, if people see like, I'll take a rosary backpacking Mm -hmm. and it raises questions and people Mm -hmm. start asking you. So it's a, it's a source of not only, um, great solace and uh, you know just interaction with with god and his mother and the saints it's also an evangelistic tool mm-hmm. when you're trotting around with a rosary in your hand people sometimes will go what the heck are you doing <laughs> like so, what's that well, let me tell you about that. <laughs> so those are probably two of my favorite
1: oh, yeah. mm. that's good it's good stuff all right
0: um thank you yes you're welcome (laughs) uh so this question is also like kind of twofold um so the first part is how long have you been catholic and then the second part is when did you take ownership of your faith because those are two different Mm, they're very different yes Um,
2: (laughs) i am a cradle catholic i was born into the faith baptized before i was a week old Um, raised in Catholic schools all the way through 12th grade, except for a couple years at the beginning. And, um, you know, from a family that was very devout, practiced their faith, um, did their best to raise us all in the faith. And sad to say, most of us left the faith, but Mm. by the grace of God and very powerful mother prayers, most of us are back. Um, and I think ownership of the faith. I always prayed the Rosary, which is kind of weird, um, <laughs> even though I was very confused about the Catholic Church. Not we were raised during the whole shakeup with Vatican II, so we went from having a Latin Mass to. They closed the church, we were having mass in the basement with guitars and when we went back up to the church the statues were gone, the paintings were gone, the rail was gone. And it was a hard time because yeah. as a kid, and I was a kid, I think I was seven, eight, something like that, it was confusing. I liked the music, I liked the guitar music, <laughs> um, but it didn't have any depth, there was something missing
3: mm-hmm. and I
2: sensed it. but. It was how it was, you know, and then growing up with that, um, there was confusion. There was, uh, I have to say it, there was some heresy being taught in the schools. Um, Hmm. The um, whole situation ethics thing that the outcome determines whether something is ethical or not uh, kind of goes against Catholic teaching. And I felt that there was something... Disturbingly, not quite square about it, but I couldn't put my finger, in it because catechesis was poor. Yeah. So I, Jesus, we went from the Baltimore Catechism to Jesus is your buddy, and there's really no such thing as sin. There's love, like unloving choices, and how do you reconcile that <laughs> as a kid, especially? And when you're a teenager, are you going to listen to the nun that's teaching you at school or your mother? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Most of us don't listen too good to our mothers at that age. <laughs> and so, you know, from the authorities, it it appeared that this was church teaching mm-hmm. and there wasn't internet and there weren't Catholic radio stations and there wasn't a catechism other than the Baltimore Catechism, which had been basically kicked out. Mm. And uh, so, and and that's not to say that that that's it was my choice to to walk away from the faith. Except the rosary, I carried that thing with me, <laughs> <laughs> and still talked to Mary and prayed it. But the real heart change came, I think, when when we had our oldest daughter. Um, We had been kind of listening to the Christian radio station because that's what was out there. And I had trouble getting past the preachers that, preach the brimstone fire of God to you. And (laughs) what they said was was okay in a lot of ways and attracted me, but the method of delivery really turned me off. So I was just (laughs) like, ah, I can't listen to this. But my husband, Jim, liked listening to it. So it was on in the house, and I'd pick things up. So when we had our oldest, it was like, well, I suppose we ought to raise her in some faith and give her some faith background. We knew that the Christian faith was the true faith. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just too much historical evidence for it. Yeah. And so we tried s- different <laughs> churches, different denominations, and just never felt... It was like there's something missing. There's something missing. Yeah. And... I want to say it was the Eucharist, but um, you know, at the time it was like, well, probably because I was raised in the faith, that's what I'm comfortable with.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But that drew us back to the Catholic Church, and we, we ended up landing there. Um, we were not married in the Catholic Church. We had a hippie wedding in the park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and so we normalized our marriage and um, had our kids baptized and started raising them in the faith and then um, you know trying to figure out what the faith really taught. Not yeah. getting not getting a, a lot of guidance from our parish. Um, being told some things at the time at the parish we were going to that probably weren't quite right. Um, for instance that, oh you don't need to get married in the church, God recognizes that you're married Mm, because i didn't want to keep going to communion because i felt i don't think i should be doing this we weren't really married in the church Mm -hmm. and i was like well i'm not going to go anyway and then once my husband was baptized with carly our second daughter he was baptized Mm -hmm. the same day because he was not raised in any faith at all period um just went to church on Christmas and Easter, and he and his sister figured out that God was for big people and Jesus was for gifts. (laughs) That was the extent of theology, as they understood it. Oh, my. So so he was baptized. We had our marriage blessed by the church and um, started kind of digging where we could into different books and uh, talking to different people uh, when when the catechism came out that was huge because now we had in our pause <laughs> something that we could go to and say okay what does the church teach about this yeah you know what are the nuances where did this come from why why do we believe this mm-hmm. um and so that was a huge resource and then you know catholic radio started popping up here and there and um uh, made it even more accessible. So it was a grace to be able to learn the faith and the more we learn, the hungrier we got. And um, Jim had a major experience at a Christian men's conference that strangely wasn't Catholic. He had gone to mm-hmm. mass and um, had a real, um, major total heart Conversion because he just said, "If that's really you, Lord, I have to believe it in the Eucharist." Wow! And mm-hmm. God pretty com- much confirmed to him that it was him. So, um, so that's that awesome. was a grace too. Wow! So there you go. <laughs> Very circuitous route. Yes, all over the place. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm. What does it feel like that now you've kind of, kind of found your way home?
2: Um, it's it's still. I mean, it's not like uh, walking on clouds with the saints every day. <laughs> but it's still a challenge, and it's still a daily decision to practice, believe, embrace, and share the faith.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, some ways it's easier, and some ways it's harder because the culture has gotten very much um, different Different. Um, to the extent that faith is almost something to be frowned on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in that measure um, it it can be a little more challenging mm-hmm.
1: so, yeah. What do you think um, no, kind of like it's kind of interesting because you you experience the church. Post Vatican II, like literally right after, mm-hmm. and now we're having this whole tension with the with the Latin Mass, which I feel like now thinking about it, it's this ongoing debate that we've been having since Vatican II, yeah. and so now it's the potential of you know the Latin Mass being subdued and stuff, and so it's just interesting that you experience you're like there was something that was taken away. Yes. After mm-hmm. Vatican II, and,
2: and my you know my response to all this is here we go again, oh. <laughs> we lost yeah not just um, a lot of the richness and beauty of the liturgy of the mass um, when it was pretty much suppressed, but the whole you know painting over beautiful paintings, taking down and getting rid of statuary, getting rid of the communion rail and only being able to receive the Eucharist on hand I didn't even have an understanding of the fullness of the beauty of the eucharist and the reverence that was due to christ Mm -hmm. in the eucharist i think because of the the way the mass had gone that didn't encourage that in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways yeah um Sadly, And I know people that just left the church because they could not make that transition from the Latin mass where it didn't matter where you went. The mass was the mass was mass. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter if you went to Zimbabwe or Mm -hmm. wherever it still was the same mass to, I don't know what I'm looking at anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in a way that was, that was tragic. Um, not to say anything against the novus ordo mass and there are so many priests that are beautifully reverent yes to our lord and it's it's obviously a valid form of the mass and a good form of the mass mm-hmm. and draws many many souls into the church which is why christ allows it but In recent years, with the resurgence of the traditional form of the mass, so many young people especially Mm -hmm. are finding what they never had. And I think they're drawn to that in a way um, because of the beauty, because of the mystery, because of the awe that it inspires when you understand what's going on and take the time to follow along and pray the mass along with mm-hmm. um, the priest, so I think I think they're seeing that they can immerse themselves more deeply in the mystery of the Eucharist through the traditional form of the mass, and and it's kind of sad, and I don't understand why. It's going the way it is again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do see. I do have to say, I do see some communities that are. I have to say, arrogant. Oh, some yeah. of the traditional communities are arrogant. They're mm-hmm. closeted. They're. It's. It's not. I don't believe as as Christ would have it. Um, but I mean, there's problems on the other side too. The other direction. So. Mm-hmm. There's a balance that needs to be there, and there needs to be that ability, I think, um, for the church to reach people where they are, Mm -hmm. and for a lot of them, it's, you know, the Latin Mass is is a deeper expression Mm -hmm. of the faith.
1: Yeah, what would be your, because I think a lot of, I think you really touched on that. I was having, I'm having all these conversations, and, um, cause all of us are trying to figure out what are our, what is our response. And it is true, a lot of, a lot of converts, a lot of our, our fellow friends are converts that are, they're the ones who are like, the, the Latin masses is where they're drawn. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them will say, you know, they're concerned because, their soul is being fed by the Latin mass and they feel like if it was taken away, like their soul would be in danger. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, I'm like, I, I've been saying, well, don't you trust that God would provide in the Nova Sordo? Um, but, um, but also like, you know, there's a point of like fraternal correction of the, you know, of what of the higher ups of what's going on of the Latin Mass being taken away, but I don't know. What would you say? What what should be their response? Because I think a lot of them are trying to figure out what would be the virtuous thing
2: to virtuous response to this um, for an individual that is drawn to the yeah Latin for th- because
1: because um, a lot of them are threatening to go. I mean, because a, a lot of them see okay, if the Latin Mass is taken away, then I'll just go. I mean, we have a a, pi- a society church over you know, yes. and and that's that's I mean. That's what the Pope wants to, like, label all the traditional people as. But it's like, these kids are like, this is where we're being being fed. And if it's taken away, we'll just go to where it still
2: is. Right. So... And, and there's, there's a lot of that being tossed around. I think, trusting God, I, I just keep thinking Joan of Arc, okay? When she was um, alive and when she was fighting the battles for France, there were two Popes. And she was asked numerous occasions during her inquisition who's the real pope she didn't try to figure that one out that was above her pay grade she said the pope is in rome Hmm. and she was not going to figure that one out because she Hmm. couldn't Mm -hmm. and i kind of feel that way about this it's like we need to respectfully let our bishops and holy father know that you know what we love about this form of the mass why we're drawn to it especially young people because they don't understand and I think when they see the heart behind it and and pray a lot obviously mm-hmm. don't just get your nose out of joint and you know I'm gonna take my ball and go home and go somewhere else, because <laughs> um, that's never the right response. Just, but trusting is hard. Just trusting that this is being allowed. It's not God's not missing it. It's being allowed for some reason, um, and just trust that He is going to work this out, and that the responsibility for each individual is just to be faithful. To the church and whether that means um, I mean if you're if you're leaving the the true church and there is only one for a schismatic church, you know some are borderline so it's like mm, kind of a question but there are some that are definitely schismatic that's a problem. Mm-hmm. now you've rejected the church mm-hmm. that Christ left us here on earth. You don't have to like what they're doing, you don't have to accept what they're doing, you don't have to believe what they're telling you to do or even do what they're telling you to do if it's mm-hmm. if it's goes against your conscience and it's your conscience is formed well. But there is one church. So, I I just say hang in there, write it out, trust, keep keep the faith keep going keep it alive and i really believe that this form of the math mass because it is the language of the church it's not a dead language it's it's the living language of the church um and even the demons know that mm-hmm. and respond to it um i think god will allow maybe a time of Shaking things up like he did in the 60s to hopefully wake people up and say, no, this is there's something not right here. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And sometimes that's what it takes. We need a good hard kick in the pants to (laughs) wake up and see what we need to do or what we're not doing, especially as the body of Christ Mm -hmm. and repent of of the things that we've allowed to separate us from him. And he'll work out the details.
1: Mm I love that workout. He'll work out the details. I like that. Mm
2: -hmm. We just need to be faithful and pray. Mm -hmm. Pray, A lot. lot. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's so good. Wow, thank you so much for that. That was a really, I think that we'll definitely have to put this up because (laughs) I feel like a lot of people need to hear that. I feel like you have a lot of wisdom from experience. So, like, I feel like you're really speaking from a place, but you're speaking to the heart of a lot of people that are trying to pray through and think about this. So I I really hope that our listeners will take it, you know, to heart and pray about it. So um yeah. Um do you wanna go for the next (laughs)
0: Sure. I think this is you though.
1: No, that is no, that is you. Okay.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um so how did God call you to
2: where you are today? where I am today <laughs> particularly
1: uh, in your involvement with the pro-life movement with
2: the pro-life movement yes. um oh, sorry, my mother was a pro-life warrior um I was 13 years old when the Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton decisions were made by the Supreme Court and mm-hmm. really had no clue what was going on honestly mom would go out um, periodically and be gone for hours at night and dad would kind of keep an eye on his kid as best as he could (laughs) there were seven of us so (laughs) he just kind of was like let us run wild a little bit but um really didn't know what she was up to um really honestly didn't care I was a kid and doing my thing we were still kids at 13 then yeah and uh (laughs) came to find out later that they were trying to open an abortuary in our area, and the churches, specifically the Catholic churches, got together and had 24-7 round-the-clock prayer and protest on the sidewalk in front of where they were supposed to go. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, they had enough people to do that. We can't even get a handful of people on the sidewalk now, it's really kind of a different world. Mm -hmm. But she would go out even after you know doing homework with the kids making dinner riding herd on us half the day the little ones and she would go out there and she would stand and pray with other people um we you know most the culture was very different Mm -hmm. so i would have to say most people just kind of lived their life it didn't it wasn't really talked about yeah a whole lot (laughs) Um, as I grew older and got into high school uh, I started hearing about abortion and started having to kind of think about it a little bit um, had somebody we knew in our youth group that we were all pretty sure she got an abortion we nobody was really sure because they would go to the hospital and nobody would talk about it hmm. so um, it was kind of a peripheral thing and we kind of knew a little bit about it, but not the gory details. And I think as I as I got older, and went to work, and you know I went straight out of high school into the workforce, um, and started meeting people that this was just kind of a normal thing that they talked about being okay and the woman's choice and all that I had to really start thinking about this Mm. and be like well why is that okay you know why why do you think that's a a right to to do that that's a baby I mean everybody knows it's a baby when you're pregnant you're pregnant with a kid right (laughs) yeah if you're not (laughs) <laughs> Don't have a kid inside. You're not pregnant. There's no problem. Yeah. So I had to really start thinking about And again, there were not a lot of resources out there. The church didn't talk about it like at all. Hmm. Um, hmm. There weren't pro-life groups. There, was, there wasn't a whole lot. But my mom always just instilled in us the value of life. You know, even you know, if a kid was handicapped, if, if people were poor, whatever, that they're all have worth. So, as time went on, and you know, more became available, and more, um, like the ultrasounds that started coming out, showing what abortion looked like, um, and things like that. I, I just felt very well for one thing my husband was not pro-life he was like oh it's a woman's choice who cares you know so we had mm. some knockdown dragouts early oh over, my <laughs> over that one Whoa. and yeah so, some pretty uh pretty loud conversations hmm. and uh so I would I would dig to find things out to share with him like how, yeah. how can you say this is okay Mm-hmm. you know look at this why, why is this okay well you know i wouldn't do it but you know the <laughs> usual arguments yes but is that a person okay if it's a human being if it's a person how can it be okay on any level right mm-hmm. you know that's just like what we did with so many other people groups name one right here in america the whole you know slave trade thing yeah we had a whole class of humans and another class of humans decide weren't humans Mm-hmm. We're doing it. We've done it again,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: so the more I dug, the more horrified I became, the more convicted I became, and just really felt that this was where God wanted me to fight this battle. And dove in with both feet. Went went blind outside an abortion clinic one day in the winter, and stood there and tried to talk to girls, not having a clue, clue what I was doing. Oh, Almost <laughs> oh, wow. got run over by some guy. Um, who, you know, was screaming at me and, you know, who are you with and why are you here? I'm here because I felt like God wanted me here. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to reach these girls because they can't change your mind once they go through with this. Yeah. Do you know what abortion is? So I actually had a conversation with the guy for quite a while, never did get to talk to any of the women going in but he he left he calmed down we had a reasonable conversation he left and he came back with some hot chocolate and thanked me for being there so <laughs> wow I'm like, okay god i guess that's confirmation <laughs> and then i met somebody from akron right to life which you know wasn't a huge organization at that time really and um got more plugged into things and well, the rest is history i've just been doing this for over 30 pushing 35 years now in one capacity or another obviously Less so when I had a whole herd of kids running around. That <laughs> well, was, that was
1: your pro-life. That was your. That was my pro-
2: pro-life thing: is raising them. I actually yeah. took them. We would. I would take them to pray at the abortuaries. Mm-hmm. I would sit them down with their little crayons and things, and have the little ones in a back carrier, and we would be there praying. And yeah. now one of my daughters told me, "Yeah, we hated that. <laughs> <laughs> it always made us really nervous because <laughs> people screamed at you." Aww. And I was like, "Well." Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember being little and, and praying with you outside one of those, mm-hmm. like with my family, we would go and pray outside and hold signs and stuff. And I, I didn't, uh, I know I didn't understand at all. I just remember getting excited when people would honk. <laughs> yeah, and wait and yes. smile and not
2: uh, give you the one fingered salute. Yeah.
0: And I never noticed that. Cause I don't think I knew what that meant. So like, it was and then all good. yeah, so everything was good. It was great. We had a great time. And then when i started doing that in college it became like a lot more of an intense experience because then i was the adult standing out there and then people were like they're yelling at me you know (laughs) um i remember there were people that i would be with um a lot some people would carry and i thought that was a wise decision just the it's gotten
2: i think even more heated over oh yeah, the past we, we wear body cameras now. In the past five years, it's gotten pretty uh, <gasps> wow. intense. So
1: yeah, weren't you recently over the summer or something? Weren't you kind of? Weren't you harassed we, or something? We got. <laughs> were you attacked?
2: Harassed by a death scort. Um, there are people that are there to, so that the women can't see what we're offering them or hear us. So they blow wow. kazoo's. They make loud noises. They sing at the top of their lungs. They have umbrellas, but they had started getting very aggressive and coming after us and our signs and threatening us and almost running us over, and so... God bless my son-in-law. He said, "I'm getting you a body cam, and you are wearing it." <laughs> and I <was> like, okay. <laughs> so they've been very much more docile since I started wearing that thing because I'm recording them. And if the police, we've called the police on them multiple times. Wow. They get sick of the the. You know, the police are doing their job. I, I can't. I have to say, where we go, and very professional. Mm, they that's good. they, you know, when they call and complain about us, they come and talk to us. When we call and complain about them. They, they just do their jobs, and mm-hmm. they they're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> but we always thank them and are respectful. so yes, it, it has heated up. Um, there are other areas where people are actually physically getting knocked down, displays are being destroyed. Um, we've had uh, We've had displays get vandalized mm. on church property. Um, so but oh, wow. you know, wait is in this area? Oh yeah, there's a graveyard that gets set up every October for the whole month and people have thrown paint on the signs and pulled up the crosses and you just put them back and you pray for the people and it's like, you know, Satan doesn't fight back unless you're having an effect. Mm. Mm -hmm. So if it's heating up, it means something's happening and he Mm -hmm. ain't happy. And that's a good thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like in the last, because I I mean, I was, I've been involved in the pro-life work since I was, my mom started taking us to pray at the abortion um, facilities, um, probably around that time, Mm -hmm. like she felt called to do that. So we started doing that. And then I got involved in a pro-life youth group um, through high school and whatnot. But I think you kind of come, you kind of start to take the pro life movement for granted because you're like, is this ever is Roe v Wade ever going to be overturned or anything like that? Mm-hmm. But within the past couple of years, it's like, whoa, it's there, a possibility. We're, yeah, yes. we're making gains. Yes. Like now, I mean, I mean, I know Trump isn't perfect, but like he really opened a lot of doors for us, mm-hmm. and it does kind of seem like there's just this tidal wave that's happening, or I don't know. Like, what are you
2: there? there is a well it's on both sides there's a tidal wave oh yeah so Mm. there's a clear delineation happening you can't sit on the fence anymore no and just ignore this because you're gonna have to come down on one side or the other and um it's it's encouraging to see the numbers of people who are Getting out there and maybe not necessarily on the sidewalks as much, but in the colleges, in the high schools, in, you know, the different areas of life where people are mm-hmm. getting out there and, and talking about this with knowledge, with uh, love
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, you know, with, with the only thing that can change hearts with Christ. So, mm-hmm. you know, many ministries have sprung up that um, bring the truth about abortion to the public square mm-hmm. in various areas and it, you can't ignore it. You know, when you've got a great big picture of an abortion victim and you're walking by that on your lunch hour in a downtown area, yeah. you can't unsee it. Nope. It's in your brain now. and. That's not a bad thing. Or if you've got somebody out there and saying, hey, you know, let's talk about this issue. What do you think? You can either kick them or ignore them or whatever, but some <laughs> people will listen.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
2: hmm So do you have something we can pray for you? The women that have had abortions that are hurting so, so desperately mm-hmm. and they need, they need that invitation to heal. Mm-hmm. You know, and in some ways, the church has fallen down on that. You know mm-hmm. We don't hear it from the pulpit, which is where the people are coming and yes. hearing it. Um, you know that's the place to reach out and love and say, "We're here for you. Yeah, what you did was wrong it was sinful. Come to confession, come, come, receive healing. We yeah. know you're hurting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You right. know? We want you back. Yeah. And, and by doing that, it makes other women who are considering it think maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know,
1: that's true. I think there. I wonder if you also are noticing a trend of priests that are really becoming more and more strong and orthodox in their faith, because I do feel like the younger like ones, the yes. younger ones, because I think mm-hmm. they're. I mean, even like our pastor at mm-hmm. our parish, like he's he's not afraid to speak about the pro life you know about abortion from the pulpit which is it's so it's so refreshing it's encouraging which is i think it's very daring because with the congregation there are definitely some people in there that are probably pro-choice
2: i would assume but it's any any group of people right you're gonna have that about honestly about 30 percent of catholics that they know of right (laughs) are admit to it that will admit to it are either solidly in the pro-abortion camp or The yeah buts, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm.
1: But yeah, so do you see, uh, yeah, you so. uh,
2: I see see more the seminaries turning out young priests or old priests, newer priests who are on fire for the faith and Mm -hmm. not just the safe part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, the part of it that challenges a culture that's mad Mm -hmm. with Mm sin. Just keep going. It's not just abortion. You've got you know gender confusion all over the place you've got same-sex marriage you've got um you know whatever's good for me is good for me and how dare you tell me it's wrong and Mm -hmm. i'm going to get what i want through violence and that's okay civilly so it must be okay Mm
3: -hmm.
2: so you know these guys these guys have the guts to answer god's call when it's not easy and mm-hmm. it's not safe and it's not comfortable for them mm-hmm.
1: why has the catholic i mean are there pockets of the catholic church that have always been outspoken against abortion or but the
2: whole the teachings of the church have been very clear
1: right of forever course, yeah
2: mm-hmm. um <laughs> long time <laughs> for a long time i th- i think i don't really know if that was a, an issue with seminaries not giving them the tools they needed to address this well um, or any social issue. Um, I honestly don't, I can't say, I just, it's encouraging to see, and like you said, refreshing, to see more people speaking up for the truth of the gospel. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: However, that shakes out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But especially about this issue, because honestly, this this one is more horrific than any other issue that we can address they, i mean over 63 million kids since 1973 mm-hmm. that we know of right. and we don't even know how many medical pill abortions are being done they don't have to report it no. so you know huge huge amounts of souls are being condemned okay. through their participation in it but how many lives are lost it's it's just Mm mind-boggling over a million per year in this country alone
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and god can't sit and watch that and allow it to go on so Mm -hmm. you know he's he's raising up voices that have the courage and the faithfulness to speak up and it can be done in love. You don't have to beat somebody over the head with a big stick, but uh, well, some of us you do. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, the truth is the truth, and whenever you withhold it, you're not being merciful or kind or loving. So yeah, mm-hmm. and, but the world will tell you like, that, that you are. like, well, if you really loved me, you'd would,
0: you would just say that everything that I do all the time is okay. I'm like,
2: no. But it's no. not. If I, if I walk up to you and I, I smack you upside your head or I take your car, is that okay? <laughs> probably not. You probably <laughs> wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> so, well, you know, there are standards. <laughs> yeah. And there is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah. Um, so... Um, Oh my gosh, I feel like there's so much to talk about with the pro life movement. Um, how are we on time? 40. What 48? Okay, all right. Well, um, our, kind of our last segment, unless there's anything else with the with what you see going on in the pro life movement before we go on to our last question. Do you have anything else you want to comment on um, that? Or just
2: everybody can do something, you, you, you don't have to stand out on the sidewalk, although it's It's a little weird. Uh, You do get yelled at. You get called all kinds of names that you maybe never heard before. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, that's a new one. (laughs) Yeah, you just smile and wave and say, God bless you, and, you know, thank them for their concern. (laughs) And uh, you try to be kind and and loving, and it drives them nuts. But you can stand there and pray. You don't have to talk to anybody. There are people that come out and just quietly pray the rosary. Mm -hmm. Um, But... You know, if that's not your calling, you can help out at Crisis Pregnancy Center. You can send them donations. You can um, pester your legislators when legislation comes up. Anybody can send an email. Mm -hmm. It's real easy. (laughs) You can commit, and that's the thing. You have to commit to hit your knees every day for five minutes. Mm -hmm. You can spiritually adopt an unborn child, Mm -hmm. you know, uh archbishop fulton sheen has a lovely prayer that's short quick jesus mary joseph i love you please save name the child the unborn child that i've spiritually adopted who's in danger of abortion pray for that baby for nine months give that baby a name Mm -hmm. at the end of nine months give a donation to a pregnancy care center in that kid's name Mm -hmm. and adopt another one Hmm. you know say rosary a week for the unborn and for an end to abortion and for the conversion of the people that work in those places
3: yeah
2: because you know god doesn't want them to go to hell either and Mm. you know so we need to we need to understand they are not the enemy Mm -hmm. they have been consumed by the enemy and we don't know their story so we need to be praying for them so Everybody should be doing something with this. Um, There's Mm -hmm. really no excuse not to.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And we
1: really need to be doing it now, too. Mm Mm-hmm yeah yeah mm-hmm.
2: praying in reparation for for the sins this is a grave grave sin on our nation
1: mm-hmm.
2: and we should be tearing our clothes and sitting in sackcloth and ashes out in front of our churches that would get some attention <laughs> 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 let's do it
1: father <laughs> i think our priests would just be like well Okay. <laughs> you're
2: like okay.
0: Yeah, let's make sure you clean up when you're done. Yeah.
2: There's a there's a fire pit. We could just make a big old ash pile and come sit in the ashes day, and then we can invite people to come and pray with us. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I like that. I, and I, you know, I I always, you know, when it comes time to like for election time, though, I always, you know, say you're one issue voter, but it's like it really does. It is the issue. It is the issue, and it encompasses, I mean, I think we, I think the pro-life movement has grown in the fact that, like, you know, there are people that are fighting legislation, which is important, that is very important, but also, you know, Abby Johnson always says, we not only need to make abortion illegal, we need to, we need to make it unthinkable. Right. Right. Because that, I mean, even, even if this is the way this case goes, even if Roe v. Wade is turned over, then we still have, well, we also have, oh, actually, your friend, um, that we had on earlier Allison yeah. she was talking about how now I mean now that there's a mail order what is it oh Chem- yeah the you chemical abortion yes. and so now that could still mail. you know like they could get away with that and you know like
2: it until just... women start dying in their bathrooms and hemorrhaging and it's, it's gonna yeah. be ugly we are foolishly chasing after something that's going to destroy us and mm-hmm. And the testimonies of women are are rampant of mm-hmm. the damage that's been done to them mm-hmm. and, and what they now psychologically have to deal with for the rest of their lives
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the emotional damage and and you know we we sow so and if we can get one person to think it unthinkable by talking and not hesitating and not being like, well, I don't know, they're going to think I'm weird. Yeah, okay, maybe they're going to think you're weird, but <laughs> maybe you're going to save a soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, get over it, that whole back to that verse. None of this is new. <laughs> yeah. And God's going to give you a way out. Open your mouth and he'll put the words in it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, and I also, I think it's inspiring, I, you know, I, I like that you're reminding us to pray. And I'm, I'm reflecting on. I have a bunch of high school girls that I mentor and work with, mm-hmm. um, and they inspire me because they're, you know, they are the ones that like they're always like whenever we do time for prayer intention or we pray the rosary together, they're always like saying pray for an end abortion, pray for an end to Planned Parenthood and stuff like that. These kids, high school kids, mm-hmm. are taking they initiative. Yeah, yes. they, they, they totally get how important it is, and it's like it, it makes me like oh, I really should <laughs> keep it in the forefront of my mind to pray for. Yeah. Um, so, okay. One more thing before we have our question. Um, any stories from the front line or any experiences with the March for Life? Or oh boy. Didn't you walk Too across minute. the United States? No,
2: Carly did. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Carly walked across the United States and then also walked across Europe as, to raise awareness for pro-life. So um, let's see. Mm-hmm. Stories. Uh, we regularly have women that change their minds mm. even though you mm. won't hear about that no. um, they don't want to go through with this they don't see that they have a choice yeah funny enough that this is supposedly pro choice yeah and they do change their minds on occasion not not as many as as we would like but mm. it's always a joy to be able to help somebody love their child and get the resources they need because there's always there's a reason they're there there's a reason they're thinking about abortion whether it's financial emotional my boyfriend will leave me he's probably gonna leave you anyway (laughs) um even afterwards my parents are going to kick me out i can't finish my education Mm -hmm. that's all all of it is a lie from hell the resources are there we women are way stronger than the world or they give us credit in that area in the wrong places yes and we are way stronger than any of that and Mm. the resources are there in christ especially to answer any problem that is driving them to make this quote unquote choice so to actually participate in that which Honestly, I've only ever seen in all those years two people turn away personally. But I know others do, and I know mm-hmm. our presence keeps people from going in mm-hmm. because we've heard stories from people who work there. Mm-hmm. But one of the most powerful stories I ever heard was there. I've been blessed beyond measure to see five abortuaries closed area in all the years we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. And a Planned Parenthood. And so God is good. And the one when it closed, one of the workers came out and she said, We're gonna tell you there was a there was a monk that used to go there and pray regularly. He would stand in the back and he would not say a word. He would stand there in his clerics, his brown robe and he would pray the rosary. And she said, that man scared us because things went haywire when he was there.
3: That's awesome. Wow. A simple,
2: simple monk <laughs> taking an hour, hour and a half periodically to go there and pray. The spiritual warfare that he was engaged in was huge. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a reminder that, yeah, this is a spiritual battle. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just to stop these women from killing their children. It's for souls.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's way beyond, you know, anything we can wrap our brains around. Oh, yeah. So that was neat. And then over the years, I mean, the March for Life, when I started going, was small. It was not that big. Just And it was mostly older people. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years, it's kids now. I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking... College age and down. Now there are middle schools sending busloads of kids, yes. yeah. and just the encouragement to see the energy. Because we get old, we get tired. You know, <laughs> <laughs> our heart may still be in the right place, but it's like, man, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and we're used to doing things a certain way. And you, young whippersnappers, you, just, you have a you have fresh perspectives and ideas, and you're more plugged into the culture. Mm -hmm. We're plugged into a 30, 40, 50 years ago culture. It ain't there no more. (laughs) And so just (laughs) seeing the young people that are involved um, and and the ministries that are blossoming because of that is really, really encouraging. Um, and, And bottom line, God won the battle. He won. He won this one, and yeah. we just have to faithfully keep fighting the skirmishes, no matter what, mm-hmm. and you know, be there on the gates of hell, however that looks for us, and fight the battle.
1: What do yeah. you think turned? Because I I do remember they used to say, oh, the March for life was you know just a bunch of older people. But what do
2: you think has brought the youth? I think education. Mm-hmm. I think the availability of honestly, the internet and access to information, um, being able to download and see pictures of, this is what an abortion looks like. We're not talking some clinical taking out a tumor thing. We're Mm -hmm. talking torn up little bodies. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to connect with one another and encourage one another and having kids that have been like, okay, our high school needs a pro-life group. Let's go to the March for Life. And yeah. churches having buses and things like that have really expanded the access to this, to the youth.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And they can say, hey, you know, I'm not the only one or our little group here isn't the only one. Look at all these people. Yeah. And I think that has snowballed over Mm -hmm. the years to draw in more and more and more Mm -hmm. and younger and younger, so. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I actually remember the, um, so that was really what I think got me too because I went to the March for Life and they, we went to the, like, it was the, it it was like, oh gosh, it was like, I don't even know where it was but it was this big gym it was like it was mm-hmm. almost like a Super Bowl conference, but it was a pro life rally. But it was like they had like you know lines of confessions available and whatnot. Yeah. I don't I don't remember it's like the mass for life or rally. It wasn't at the was, basilica.
2: No, there's a youth rally at the Verizon Center. Yes, every year. Yeah, because it could the basilica can't hold them all.
1: Yeah,
2: it's, there's just too many kids. The basilica gets pa- that, and that's that's always spectacular. But yeah. it's packed. But yes. you're
1: like wow. There's, there I remember seeing so many young priests there mm-hmm. and so many seminarians so many religious mm-hmm. that was great exposure so I yeah. definitely you definitely were like whoa this is really cool this is more than just like you know your own little thing yeah. um and then just to kind of um so uh, we had a your friend Allison on that's from the Toledo diocese and I actually just mm-hmm. saw something in the news actually in my email box because you have been kind of on the forefront of fighting for something in our Area, mm-hmm. and it's extending to the Toledo area. Are you familiar with it? Did you get the news about this?
2: I'm not sure what you're talking the, about. I the get so abortion
1: much news. the the abortion the uh, like the abortionist in our area that you guys are because there he has you have a lot of complaints that you guys are filing against.
2: Oh, he he had in back in uh, end of June, somebody went through his trash and found the remains of a 16 to 18 week child. In the trash found illegal um, like bottles from drugs with people's names and contact information still on them oh my God um, there were was paperwork with people's private information on it totally against the law yeah, yeah. and several lawsuits were filed by several organizations mm-hmm. and the Ohio Department of Health had dropped it a mm-hmm. f- few weeks back mm-hmm. but they agreed to re... Open it because so many people said, had written them and said, How can you do this? These people broke the law. Mm -hmm. Right. And this. You can just be like, Nah, it's fine. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. this abortionist has broken the law before. He got dinged for selling illegal drugs. Mm-hmm. so But it
1: seems, I mean, even in this case, it seems like he wasn't even like there was no penalty, nothing to him. Like no. he just kind of got off. But now, also, I don't. So this is the news that I got it from the Right to Life of our area. But they said apparently he is purchasing an abortion cl- clinic up in the Toledo area.
2: It's so, probably the one that they closed mm. because of so many violations. Yeah, but Everyone's now they're just going to do
1: the um, chemical ones. Now mm-hmm. they're not going to do That's this. Cause there's just...
2: the surgical ones he's got a lot more liability he has to have um, transfer privileges at a local hospital which a lot of them can't get mm-hmm. and a pill mill you know the woman signs off she takes the responsibility to go home and mm-hmm. whatever yeah. happens happens mm-hmm. and they can wash their hands of it mm-hmm. and so he he also owns one up in Shaker Heights he does mm-hmm. abortions or counsels women for them six seven days a week, even on Sunday. Mm. So he was open on Christmas for two hours. Yeah, oh did gosh.
1: you go and pray on that day or no?
2: On Christmas? Yeah. No, we weren't able to. So... Yeah. But. Have you ever seen him? Oh, we talk to him all the time. Oh!
1: What sure. is What is he like?
2: Huh? What is he like? A sad man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a very sad angry man who makes a lot of money on the corpses of children and the destruction of women do you think he's in denial or is he just he makes I think it's demonic I I know it's demonic you cannot look at the product of your business which would be torn up children's bodies Mm -hmm. every day and not have a problem with it or go crazy without demonic influence Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. so
2: they make enormous amounts of money it's an incredible cash cow yeah so it's uh we pray for him all the time we we call for him to repent we offer his staff other jobs we (laughs) try to reach them and they don't want to hear it so
1: yeah yeah well, I mean, look at Abby Johnson's story. Mm-hmm. You know, and how and They're, all the, all and the she's ministry. Not alone. Yeah, no.
2: she's not alone. There are abortionists who have come out and told their story. Bernard Nathanson years ago was one of the first ones and talked about how they lied and made up all these statistics, and mm-hmm. you know, of course, they got away with it because right. mm-hmm. nobody challenged it. So mm-hmm. you know, there's there's great hope. Mm -hmm. for these people we can't give up on them which is why we have to pray for them we we don't need to scream and yell and tell them they're going to hell but you know they Mm -hmm. are going to face god someday Mm -hmm. yeah and so we pray yeah that's
1: yeah (laughs) wow there's so much to talk about with with women i feel like we (laughs) could be talking for i feel like i feel like we're gonna i know i feel like we're gonna have to have like a take take two and have her on again to talk more oh, yeah. whether it's like a <laughs> part big, two. Yeah, part two. Yes. Can we have you on for a part two? Sure I'm Putting to, you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when that will be, but yeah. Um One of these days. Yeah. So do you have any um closing inspiration or advice that you would like to offer just in like, you know, in regards to the pro life movement, but just also following um God's will in your daily life and living out the love of Christ in it?
2: Um, I just Keep asking God every moment, what do you want for me right now, Lord? And how can I do it your way, not mine? Yeah. And you know, sometimes it doesn't look anything like you thought. <laughs> <laughs> and another one that's kinda of dangerous to pray is wreck my plans gloriously, Lord. For your glory. <laughs> uh, wow. That one you have you have to really have some coffee first. <laughs> 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 and uh because he'll do it. He'll take it. Your word, okay, <laughs> sure. Here, how about this? <laughs> Bet. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. But he's good. I mean, even even in the hard stuff, like St. Paul said, in all things give thanks. We don't know some horrible tragedy, some, you know, thing that happens um, that God allows. We don't know what he's going to do with that. And we may never know. But in his economy and in eternity, somehow it's a piece of saving somebody's soul. So Mm. um, just try to live in the moment and try not to get too wrapped up in the what-ifs and what-shoulds and how can I and all that just, you know, Jesus, Mary, I love you, save souls, and keep me pointed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Next foot, down. (laughs) So...
1: It's right. beautiful. Oh yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. This is this is a joy.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Hannah suggested and I was like,
2: "Oh, great idea." <laughs> well, I'm glad I could be here. I was uh... Mm-hmm. honored that you would think yeah. to even ask me. Never done one of these podcast mm-hmm. thingies before. <laughs>
1: well, He's well, your podcast. Okay, <laughs> actually, to kind of make it even more like, okay, so this is a pro-life movement. The pro-life, you know, talking about the pro-life movement and the March for Life and it's coming up. Do you have any, like, challenge for people with the March for, for, March for Life coming up or you want to, um, you want to, you want to give any... local
2: Marches for Life all over the place. There's a big one in Akron. There's one in Cleveland. Look them up. Get out there. Mm-hmm. You'll be... With a lot of other people praying, this is what will break Satan's hold on, on this world and on the lives and souls of people, mm-hmm. is is out there praying with others, either in your churches, in your homes, out on the streets. This is an opportunity coming up to, to be part of a broader... Um, movement of God's spirit in the community. Mm. So look it up, get out there and and join them for the local march for life. if you can, I know some buses are being canceled, but if you can go out, we're taking our oldest granddaughter for the first time so Aww. now this is generation number four going. Wow And my mother used to go back when Nellie Grace started it.
3: Wow she would
2: go. she met Nelly, she knew Nellie. Wow. Um, they were chums and uh you know now the fourth generation of our family is being brought in. Wow. So, you know, you guys can do it too. You don't have to go all the way to Washington. Yes. <laughs> it's in your backyard. Right? So
0: Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. All right. Absolutely. So get out there. <laughs> yeah. We want to see you out on the front line. We'll we'll see you on the front line. Yes. Yeah. All right. Do you want to do our closing quote? Yes. I feel like it's ap- very appropriate. Yes. From our dear St. Catherine of Siena. Yes. So i send you off with this.
0: We've had enough exhortations to be silent. Cry out with a thousand tongues. I see the world is rotten because of silence. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And evil oh.
2: succeeds because good men will do nothing. And St. Catherine, pray for us. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. And thank you again, Kathy, for coming on with us.
1: Yeah. Night and know that you're all loved. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Caritas Christie. If you'd like to write to us with hot takes, feedback, advice, or advice requests, we would love to hear from you. Email us at christie 31 at gmail.com That's caritas.christy31 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Thursday.